Shout glory. glory. Shout power. power. Shout like you mean shout power. power. Shout glory. glory. So let's turn our Bibles uh, to the book of Acts chapter 1. And we are going to look at uh, subsection 4 to 8. We are going to be dealing with power. Come on, somebody shout power. 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 When you shout power, shout it with power. 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 Better. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Acts chapter 1, subsection 4 to 8. Are we there? Uh, I'm going to read from here. And while being in the company and eating with them, he being Christ, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised him. Of which he said, You have heard me speak. Five. For John baptized with water. Come on, somebody shout water. water. But not many days from now you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody shout Holy Spirit. So you heard me speaking about the baptism. There's the baptism of water, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the baptism of fire. So when they were assembled, they asked him, they are the disciples. They asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will reestablish the kingdom and restore it to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted with and know what time brings of fixed years and seasons which the Father is appointed by his own choice and authority and personal power. But you shall receive power. Come on, somebody shout power. Power. I can do better. Power. power. Ability. Come on, somebody shout ability. ability. Shout ability. ability. Efficiency. Come on, somebody shout efficiency. efficiency. And mighty. Come on, somebody shout mighty. mighty. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the Father, we thank you. We bless you. We exalt you this afternoon. I pray that you may think through my mind. I pray that you may uh, speak through the faculties of my mouth. I prophesy that you may bless your people. Let the portion of this word be their portion. In the name of Jesus Christ, let them experience power, renewed power. In Jesus mighty name, we thank you. Amen and amen. amen. So as I said that the church, the body of Christ, is not only the place of tongues, it's not only the place of prophecy, but it's the place of knowledge. Come on, somebody your knowledge. Amen. The Bible says that my people, they perish because of lack of knowledge. And God is confirming that even though you are perishing, you are my people. So you can be God's people, but you perish. But the reason why you are perishing or God is allowing you to perish is because you are lacking knowledge. Knowledge becomes now the substratum or the undergrad for your protection as it relates to your relationship with God. So it doesn't mean that because you are God's people, you are going to be protected. Your protection is in your knowledge. So it means that when I have good knowledge, Knowledge now, it dives me into the place of understanding. If I do know God, I cannot understand God. 
If I don't know the Holy Spirit, I cannot understand the principles and the protocols of the Spirit. If I don't know Jesus Christ, I won't know the jurisdiction of his word and his operations because I don't know Jesus. So for you to get a place of understanding, you must know. So that's why when we come to the house of God every now and again, it's a place where we impart knowledge. And God speaking to his disciples, the backdrop of this story is when, when, when Jesus Christ was about to ascend in the heavenly places. The Bible speaking of his death, died, buried, resurrected. But before he ascended to God, he then went to his disciples and it was according to his discretion to go and spend time with the disciples. And the Bible says some had retired ministry, the likes of Peter. Peter had gone back fishing. A lot of them, they were hiding because of the despotic powers that they were facing that were antagonistic to the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus Christ spoke to Mary and said unto Mary, Go to my disciples and Peter and tell them that we are going to meet again. They met. As they met, the disciples now, one thing that they wanted to understand as it relates to, to the life of Christ is when was the kingdom going to be restored to Israel and Christ, it seems like he was very rude to them and said, it is not for you to know and to be acquainted with the times that brings all these events or fixed years or seasons which the Father is appointed by his own choice and authority and personal power but you shall receive power so after saying all these things to his disciples Christ he said it's not for you to be acquainted to be knowledgeable about the seasons the years and the times where the kingdom shall be established back to Israel but he gave them a promise come on somebody shout promise what is a promise a promise does a lot of things to an individual do you know a promise it can change the complexion of your life a promise it can change the paradigm of your mind a promise it can change the state of the affairs of your life or the status quo of your family a promise which simply means that if i promise to give you one billion rands or us dollars in two weeks time it will change your attitude towards life from the day i promised you that to be even if a problem comes along your way even something that you can't purchase that particular time you will not be depressed or oppressed because there is a promise which means again that if i promise to give you a house for free to stay and it becomes yours if your landlord is so belligerent is so talkative and he comes and fights with you that will not change your attitude. You laugh through the problems. Why? Because of the promise. Again, when you get to the places of relationships, a promise it changes the way you do things and you look at life. If I come to your space after you've been promised marriage by your spouse and I ask you out, you refuse. No matter how much I'll try to be conversing. Why? Because there's a promise. So a promise, it takes you to a place of acceptance, a place 
of, of receptivity. You have already received before you have been given that thing. So I can come with my BMW driving past you. It is not going to perturb you. Why? Because there's already a promise. Especially if I put a ring on your finger. Whatever comes your way, you push aside. Why? Because it's, there's a promise. You, you start to walk as if you've already walked the aisle. Why? Because there's a promise. So Christ knew the power of a promise. Because a promise empowers you. When I promise to make you the shareholder of my one billion worth of money, billion in US dollars, and I promise to make you a shareholder in a month's time, Whatever your immediate boss is saying to you, it will not change your attitude or it will not change your mood. Why? Because the promise has changed everything about your life. So Christ now is saying unto his disciples, you shall receive power. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, so power is not going to just come, it will take the Holy Spirit for power to come. So there it establishes to us that power comes from the Holy Spirit. In its administrative order, we speak of the Trinity, the triune of God, but there's the administrative operations of each and every being in the triune. God has got his own administrative works. Where is the Father of love? We know that he has given us the uh, gifts of service, gifts of administration according to Corinthians. Administratively, that's how God operates. He operates in certain areas. And the Holy Spirit administratively, the Bible speaks of the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost and uh, seven virtues of the Holy Spirit, which are the fruits of the Spirit. Then, and now Jesus Christ is saying, You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yet he confirms it through Isaiah. Isaiah said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. So, this shows you that, that when you are looking for power, you must know and you must have a relationship and a communion with who? The Holy Spirit. So when you are looking for power now, you don't just look for it abruptly in the realms of God because there's protocols, systems, structures, and laws that speak to what you want. So when I want power, I must check the characteristics and the features of the Holy Ghost. How do I please the Holy Spirit for me to get power? How do I get close the Holy Spirit for me to get power? How do I be favored by the Holy Spirit for me to get power? And Jesus Christ is saying to his disciples now that you receive power with ability to cause change. You receive efficiency. You are going to receive mighty when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on, shout the Holy Spirit. Einstein's once said that our fear as humans is not because we are inadequate. Our fear as human beings is that we are powerful beyond measure. So your fear it should not be because you are adequate financially, spiritually, physically, and psychologically. Your fear must be you are powerful beyond measure. I always tell people that what you experience or what you are experiencing right now is not that everything that God has bestowed and has yeah, it, uh, placed for you when you came to the world. It is not everything that God had put in his inventory for you. It's only the tip of an iceberg, what you see, what you experience, 
the money that you have experienced, the fame that you have experienced, popularity, authority, the anointing that you have experienced, you are still loading. I, I, I think you know when you want to open a video, when it's still loading, you've not just started to watch it. So what you experience from the day of the Christ is not all the risk that God has bestowed for you. What an experience from the day you have been baptized by the Holy Spirit, by the anointing of God, is not all the risk that God can give you. There is more where God has taken what is given you. We simply means that if you have experienced financial freedom, there is more where that financial freedom is coming from. You shall receive power, ability. There should be an adequacy in life. If you have experienced love, if you have experienced honor, if you have experienced authority, there is more where this thing is coming from. This is not the best that God can do with your life. There is more that God can bring if I talk to somebody this place. If you have experienced freedom, there is more where that freedom is coming from. So what God has shown you from the day of knowing up to today, it was just an introduction to what I can do. That's why he said that I am able to do abundantly, exceedingly above what you can think or ask for. So which simply means that what you think that God can do, which is done, God can do that which is above. What you have imagined or envisioned God doing in your life is able to do above. So God is always above everything. That's why we always say he reigns supreme. He does not reign, but he reigns supreme. So when it's raining financially in your life, when it's raining in terms of power, in terms of healthy, he does better and more than that, we have seen. So that's why Einstein got to place because he was one of the commanders or the inventors that has been known after this present day. So he knew and he got to place where he said, if God can do this with me, he can do something that's above. And it's being spoken by someone who has explained the power of God. Science is limited God's operations, but God is above science. God is above situations, above situations. So he said, you must and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Which means that when you receive power, the next assignment you should be a witness for Christ. So your witnessing should not only be verbatim, but it should be expressed physically. There must be divine possibilities of grace that circulates around your life. When people look at you, you are witnessing Christ. When you are walking, you are witnessing Christ. That's why he wants to bless you beyond measure. Why? Because when power comes to you, what you drive should witness Christ. What you eat must witness Christ. Am I talking about in this place? The way your children are performing at school, that should be a witness when it comes to Christ. Teachers must call and ask you, what are you feeding this child? Because he is beyond the colors, he is beyond whatever we are teaching, he is beyond the syllabus, the curriculum. Why? Because I am the witness of God. So our witnessing is not when we go out and we tell people about Christ. Our witnessing is when things that are divine, that are positive, starts to circulate around us. People ask you, how are you making it? When we started 2023, there was a projection that was made by a financial analyst that there's going to be a global recession. It's no longer going to be a national recession that's going to affect South Africa. 
It's not going to be a regional recession that is going to affect Southern Africa. It's not a global recession. And it's predicted that it's going to affect Europe. It's going to affect Africa. It's going to affect Asia, North, South America, and countries. So we no longer have got anyone to write to you because it has been projected and it's happening. You look at the way credits are falling, that's a projection. Am I talking about this place? But God is saying, when you receive power, you will be a witness beyond recession. You are going to be a witness beyond the depression, depreciation of, 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 of the land. When power comes upon you, and Christ now is giving them a geographical location that you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the very earth. Which simply means that if Pretoria was not mentioned here, it was then mentioned to the ends of the earth. If your village where you were born was not mentioned, it doesn't mean that you were closed out, you were secluded. It was mentioned when Christ spoke of the ends of the earth. So when power is coming to your life, it must make you a proper witness. So when Christ went now, being power, Christ was power, God is power, the Holy Spirit is power. The kingdom of God is kingdom of power. I don't know if I'm talking this place. Whatever is associated with the kingdom of God, it speaks of power. The heaven speaks of God's power. The Bible says his word is settled in heaven because there's power. So when God now went, he then wanted that same power to continue to express in experience on our cosmos. Through our spiritual ecosystem, through our physical ecosystem, we should experience power. But how are we going to experience power when Christ is left? Because the Bible says, if you go and down with this same chapter, that while you are speaking thus, and when you say this, even as they were looking at him, he was caught up. And the cloud received and carried him away out of their sight. And while they were gazing intently into the heaven, as he went, behold, two men dressed in white robes suddenly stood beside them. Which means after this promise, Christ left. It seems like when he left, he left them at a place of difficulty because the one that is projected power is left. The one who is projected that are going to be people of efficiency and might is left. But the Bible now, in teaching us, it shows us different facets where God is that God has placed biblically so that we may use to experience God's power. There are different forces, there are different conduits and different elements that are provided for by God in the world so that we experience God's power. And there are five that I've set down. And these five are, number one, facet that God has set for humanity is light. Come on, somebody shout light. I don't hear you shout light. Yeah. Number two, sound. Come on, somebody shout sound. sound. I don't hear you shout sound. Yeah. Number three, fire. Come on, somebody shout fire. fire. Number four, earth. Shout earth. earth. Number five, shout water. water. So for the power of God to be expressed on earth, one of these five facets must be used. Yeah? That means the power of God cannot be seen or expressed here on earth until his power is in partnership with one or more 
of these five facets of consciousness. We'll start with the first consciousness or the first facet, which is called light. And this uh, facet that I'm going to give to you, these are mysterious elements that God has planted on our earth. He has planted them on our earth, but they are so mysterious. And God himself now, starting with light, light, light. I want you to put a pin there. God himself, he called the word light. In John 1, verse 1 to 5, the Bible says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, it was in the beginning with God, and nothing was made which was made except by God's word. And the light shines in the darkness, and darkness could not comprehend it. The word comprehend then it means light could not understand or stand before darkness could not stand before light. That's the word comprehension. Darkness could not stand in the way of light. So that's the first facet that God uses when he wants to express his power. The Bible in the book of Genesis 1, from verse 1 to 2, it speaks of the deformation, the emptiness of the earth and the catastrophe that transpired after God had created the heavens and the earth in its beauty. And there was a lot of activities that transpired. If you read theologically, you understand that it was the time of the Terephema generations, and it's predicted by scholars that that was the time when the devil was just out of heaven, and that was the time when he fell on earth, and the Bible says, war is unto earth. That's the projection of scholars, theologian scholars. But verse 3 of Genesis 1, it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's classical power. I, I once say, spoke about this here, that the true definition of power is when you say a thing and that thing comes to pass. God said to darkness, let there be light. And light came out of darkness and was light. Darkness could not stand, comprehend, and understand the power of light. So light there, not speaking about the sun, but speaking about the projection of God, Christ being that light. So when the Bible is speaking of Christ, it's speaking of you being light. So when we speak in darkness, what we are speaking, when we speak light, we are speaking power. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. So the entire creation, from the scientific standpoint, it survives on light. I think to those that did biology science and to those that did integrated science, you understand that there is a process that they call uh, photosynthesis where the plants they uh, produce their own food and they turn light into chlorophyll. So which simply means that if the light was not there, we were not going to be having white plants and the one Because it's confirmed scientifically that the light that we see here is the one that makes production. When we speak of agriculture, we are speaking of production. When we are speaking of being an agro-economy, we are speaking of production. That's why you find out that countries like Russia, where the weather conditions are always raining and it's always uh, cold and snowing, they don't really produce much. That conditions like conditions in Africa where sun is so sunny there for food. Come on, somebody shout amen. Yeah. So it's 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 a process in which 
we get food. So when God brought light to us, we speak of this scientific light, then we speak of the light that comes from God. So when this light came to us, it was for us to see, but for production. It was not only for us to feel warmthy, but it should be production. So when God created his son, he had you and me in, the, in, in his mind. That one day we want to eat. So how are we going to eat? There must be sun. That there should be production. So if we draw sunlight right now from the earth, it means man is going to perish. Man is going to extinct after we've drawn away sunlight. And it's mysterious that this light we see, this one that we are seeing, is older than everyone on this earth. The light was created even before our arrival on this earth. Everything on earth, our plants, they came after the light that already came. But one thing, when you look at it, it does not diminish in its own glory. That shows God's power. We thought that because this light was created and it predates our existence, by the time I was going to arrive on this earth, it should have diminished in its glory. But every day when you wake up in the morning, it has got new glory. When you wake up next week, it has got new glory. To today, science or scientists, they cannot define light or sunlight. They can only describe it. They tried to define it, but there's no definition to define what God has done for us. I don't know if I'm talking somewhere in this place. So the first thing God released on earth, it was light. Let there be light. Come on, someone shout, let there be light in my life. Let there be light in my business. Let there be light in my family. Let there be light in my workplace. Let there be light in my ministry. Let there be light in my calling. This light that we are seeing was outsourced from the realms of the spirit. So when God said, let there be light, that light did not just come from another region or polar land, but it came and out was outsourced from the region of the spirit. Okay, number two, sound. Come on, show sound. So it is because of the presence of sound that words can move and can be heard. Without sound, whatever word that you construct in your mouth wasn't going to move. What makes this world that I'm talking about, that I conceptualize in my mind to move and to reach you from different angles is because of sound. That's power. And as powerful as words are, they are as powerful as the words that converse them. As powerful as the words are, they are as powerful as the sound that converse them. Which simply means that I can speak things that are powerful, then I don't have enough sound. I'm not going to be heard, and my words are not going to be met, and my demands are not going to be met, and my crying is not going to be heard. That's why you find out that if your child cannot speak, and you cannot hear what she wants or you wants, you are not going to meet his or her demands. So your words are as powerful as your sound. When you are coming to God, there are things that work and that you've already conceptualized through and during the work. But you need to get a place where you know how to shout. The Bible says that blind Bartimaeus heard that Christ was passing 
and he started to shout and to call. So in him, he, 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 he conceived that I must get him, I must get deliverance. But it was not enough for him to think about it. Then he formulated words that can attract the attention of Christ, but it was not enough. Then he had to call unto Jesus. The disciples, they tried to quieten him and said, you are like nuns. The Bible says the more they tried to silence but means the more he shouted. So his deliverance was premised on the sound of his words. So if blind but means had listened to the disciples and he chose to keep quiet, it means he was not going to meet his, his supply and his deliverance. So your, 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 your deliverance, your elevation and your promotion is premised on the sound of the words that you are carrying. What are you carrying? That's why there's an African proverb which says that a child that does not cry dies at the back of his or her mom. So she must be in a position to factor that. When I cry, the more I cry, that's why when a child is not really crying, she is mumbling, you don't really respond to whatever she wants. But the moment she cries, the more, that's when you start to respond to that. Which means again that even within our cosmos, if we start to speak things within our communities and our society on the things that we don't want to see and on the abuse that we are experiencing legally, economically or politically, then we continue to speak within the corridors of our communities. Yet though we have got a genuine cause and we don't shout, it's not going to get to the ears of authorities and are not going to respond. But the more we gather and we make noise, that's when they will understand the importance of our words. As I said that, your words are as powerful as the sound that you are going to use. That's why David, when he's speaking in the book of Psalms 29, this one says that, Bless the Lord, all you holy ones. Bless the Lord, those that love God. Give glory that is due to his name. The voice of the Lord thunders. God is with a voice. The voice of God is upon the many waters. The voice of God produces fire. The voice of God shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of God is full of majesty. So for God to be heard on his creation, he had to speak in his voice. John was asking, who are you? What's your name? And he said, I am a voice that is crying from the waters. Whatever I want people to hear, I'm crying. So John did not say, I'm the voice that is whispering from the wilderness. But I am that voice that is crying in the wilderness. Repent, for the kingdom of God is in hand. So if you come to the house of God on a Sunday and you put a need, you put a petition that you want to present before God, then you keep quiet. God is not going to respond because, not, not because God does not see and know what you want. God knows before you ask. He knows even before you were born. But you need to get a blessing when you shout. The more you shout, the more God hears you. That's why sometimes when you pray, if you want a breakthrough or a blessing, the doctor is there much to you that we have got arthritis, you have got COVID-23, and you want God to heal you, and you say, God heal me, God heal me. It seems like God is not removed. Not because God does not hear, but the more you shout, 
It seems like God gets attention of the people that shout. So your voice is the one that gives platform for God's power to operate in your life. So if I need God to heal me and to touch me financially, I must get to a place where I shout the more. When they said unto blind Bartimaeus, keep quiet, he then shout the more. And Jesus Christ's attention was caught on blind Bartimaeus. And the Bible says, he said, what do you want me to do? And blind Bartimaeus said unto Jesus, Rabon that I may see. So blind Bartimaeus, if he had chosen to keep his words without projecting them in sound, God's powers are going to be expressed. So God's power is prevalent, is in his house. God's power is everywhere. In your house, God's power is there. But if you don't know how to shout and express your words in sounds, God's not going to operate in your life. Imagine something in this place. You can come on Monday or on Sunday while people are doing intercession. You choose to sit down. God's not going to respond to you. You can choose to come on Monday during fasting and you choose to sit down. Then you think of the things that are passing through. God's not going to be touched by that. God is touched by his love towards you, but he moves according to his principles. So if there's a principle, if there is a principle that one must make sound through the voice, you must project what one see. So when we say we decree and declare, it's a way and a platform of projection. So God can be touched by his love. But he moves according to the laws and protocols of his world and the choices that are premised within the jurisdiction of his world. So when you need anything from God or power, come on, somebody shout power. You need to learn to shout. Come on, somebody shout, I will shout. That's why in the Bible, in the book of Ezekiel that we tried last week, the Bible says, Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was commanded. And there was a sound. So after prophecy, what he said a prophecy is a sound. He said after prophecy, there was a sound. And when the sound came, there was then inactivity. So when you call unto God, what God hears or what reverberates in the dimension of God is a sound. When God hears that sound, there is an activity and an action that precedes what you are doing and what you are saying. When I need God to touch my family, I call unto God. That's why the Bible says that calling unto God, call unto God while it's still near. So there must be a conscious decision to make a clarion call unto God when you want God to move in life. So after God has heard the sound of your voice, then he brings an activity to happen in your life. And Ezekiel said when that happened, there was an activity. Bones came upon bones, sinews came upon sinews, flesh came upon flesh, and there was a great army. You want to rise up in one structure in your life, formulate words in your mouth. You need to learn how to shout in a sound that can be heard by God. The Bible says that God sees the amount of heavy that he cannot hear. But he wants to shout even though his ears are at your mouth. Do you know when the Bible is saying that the ears of, of God are not too heavy? It means his ears, they are close to everyone's mouth. Which means before even you shout, the ears of God are close to your mouth and your lips. 
But he wants you to shout. Why? Because it's a protocol and a principle. You don't have to whisper, you need to shout. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. That's why in the book of Acts chapter 2, subsection 1, the Bible says, now when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Bible says they were gathered in one place, one accord, one spirit, one mind, in unison. The first thing that happened, the Bible says, suddenly there was a sound. And after a sound, there was an activity. Suddenly, there was a sound. After a sound, there was now a distribution of different portions of gifts. There was a distribution of tongues. People were given diverse tongues, speaking in different diverse tongues. Why? Because there was a sound. The Bible says, Paul and Silas, they are in a prison. They don't know how they are going to come out of the prison. And the Bible says they started now to praise and worship the Lord. And after suddenly there was a sound. Come on, someone shout suddenly. And when there was a sound, doors started to open of the prison in which they were. And the Bible says when they opened, they started to walk out of the prison. Why? Because of the sound. He said unto Joshua, before you get into Jericho, I want you to go around Jericho seven times. As you are going seven times around Jericho, I want you to just give you a praise and a worship. But on the seventh time, after seven days, make a sound. The Bible says, God said unto Joshua, I want you to prepare those that have got chaperones, those that have got house liars, those that have got trumpets. On the seventh day, let there be a sound. When that sound was heard, the Bible says the walls of Jericho dilapidated on the ground. They were crushed, broken into their unity to the extent that everyone entered Jericho from the place and the posture that they were standing. If you want God to take you to a place and a polar, an attitude, and an outcome of your life, learn to shout. There must be a sound. Go sing it unto Jehoshaphat. In this battle, Jehoshaphat, I know that you are so skilled. I know that you've got military intelligence. You've been trained so You're a prophet. You know how to fight. But in this battle, just give me a shout. Make a sound. Then my power is going to happen outside of your life. So as Jehoshaphat was praising and worshiping the Lord, that was a sound. And the Bible said they had a sound of God moving upon their hands. And God started to fight their battles and won the battles and presented the victory unto them. Why? Because of sound. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this verse. What is it that you are looking for? I want you to know how to prophesy. So which means that the breaking point of every prophetic word is the sound. When I prophesy into life, what causes a breakthrough is the sound. It's the one that makes and causes a witch to run away from you. When I say to you that there are demons and witches that are gathered against you and they predict your existence, the moment I finish my prophecy, in the gate of the enemy, there's a sound. And that sound is the one that gives you a breakthrough. I don't know if I'm going to in this place. If I say to you that you're about to rise up to greater heights, there are divine possibilities coming your world. God wants you to capture his divine abilities and realities. Then, if there was a door, a satanic old door that was standing against you, 
when they hear the sound of the prophecy, they break out and get your deliverance and your breakthrough. The sound of God is voice. I don't know if I'm telling you this place. That's why sometimes you find out that people can come in the house of God sick. You come in the house of God suppressed or oppressed by demons. You come in the house of God with headaches. You come in the house of God being financially downtrodden by demons. You come in the house of God without knowing how you are going to take your next step tomorrow. What you are going to eat, what you are going to put on. All those spirits, when you come to the house of God, they'll be quiet in you. You come in the house of God, there's an ancestral projection against your life. You grew with that demon. That demon is controlling your life. It's controlling the finances that flows in your life. It's controlling even the life of your siblings. That demon is quiet when you come to the house of God. How amazing is that? You come in the house of God, there is an altar speaking against you. Whenever you are at home, it speaks against you. It whispers things that are negative and demonic to your connectors, those people that you must and should connect to and with when you do business. When you come to the house of God sitting there, these demons and spirits, they are quiet. But the moment we make a sound come out in the name of Jesus, you start to hear those demons shaking out, crying. How amazing is that? So this simply means that you can come to the house of God from January to December with the demons and spirits fighting your progress, bringing anti-progress in your life. Bringing ailments that are demonic, satanic, creating waves, storms against your life. But if we don't make a sound, you live with those spirits. I don't know if I'm telling something in this place. But the moment you say, in the name of Jesus, they then live your life. How amazing is that? You can come with a demon that has cast your mind, a demon that has taken your prosperity, a demon that has taken your life. Uh, uh, for a right. Demons that have staged a camp against you and put a wall and a hedge of, 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 of immobility, a hedge of violence. But the moment we say, in the name of Jesus, how amazing that those demons will start to shake out. Which means sound is very, very important. So your miracle is sound dependent. If you don't make sounds, you are not going to get a miracle. Your breakthrough is sound dependent. Your promotion is sound dependent. Your financial breakthroughs are sound dependent. Your marriage is sound dependent. Your ministry, your calling is sound dependent. If there's going to be a change in wardrobe, that change is sound dependent. If there's going to be a shift in whatever you do, your shift is sound dependent. That's why the Bible says Judah had two children. The first one was called Zira, and the other one was called Perez. The Bible says when the mother was about to give birth, Zira tried to come out, but she was a little bit less sluggish, and he came back into the womb. The Bible says, Beresi, when he got the opportunity, a sound was heard. The rest came out, and the midwives, they said, how did you manage to break forth? We had put a scarlet on the first child. They didn't know that these guys were twins. 
They thought that the pregnancy was killing one child. And they said, let's put a scarlet. And the Bible says the one with the scarlet was so reluctant. But the rest said that, no, I'm going to come out. And the Bible says Judah was asking, what is the name of this boy? And Judah said, I'm going to name you Perez, which is translated as breakthrough. So this means that if I need a breakthrough, my breakthrough is sound dependent. If I need power, my power is sound dependent. If I need a miracle, I need a sign, I, I need a wonder. My sign and my wonder is sound dependent. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. Number three, in Exodus, we are talking of fire now. Exodus chapter three. The Bible speaks of the element that God used in when he wanted to get Moses' attention. Fire. Come on, somebody shout fire. Fire. So the Bible says that Moses saw a bush or a shrub that was burning, but was not consumed. Scientifically, we know that everything that burns must be consumed. The Bible says when Moses saw that shrub, significantly as a scientific man, Moses grew up in the palace of Pharaoh. He was educated in all science. And in that particular time, the time and the dispensation that Moses was living in, Israel was not as civilized as Egypt. Egypt had more civilization. So when Moses went into the palace of Pharaoh, he had the opportunity to civilize. He was a, a man who was civilized in psychology. He was a man who was civilized in the issues of military. So when he saw this bush burning, he said, what is this that is happening? And the Bible says, when God now showed and expressed himself through that bush as a form of power, he then spoke to Moses and said unto Moses, take off your shoes, right? Because the place where you are standing is holy. Come on, somebody shout holy. Holy. So you find out that fire until this day is still a mystery. Why? If you put or you make fire here, you can't keep it for tomorrow. You can't box it for tomorrow. You can't put it in your pocket and give it to your friend. It's a mystery. Fire, you cannot put it in a container. You have to make it there, make use of it there. Then when it goes down, it dies down, it dies down. It's a mystery. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. Fire, it is it, 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 light. It's not heavy. When you put it here, it's very small. But it can burn this building in minutes and hours to the extent that what you see will be a skeleton of this building. That's how powerful fire is. That's why when God is coming again on our cosmos, he uses a country of fire. Come on, fire. Fire. You can't even keep it somewhere. If you make fire, you can't put it in your cupboard and say, I want to keep it there. You can't hold it, you can't handle it. What you see are flames, but those flames are so potent. That's a mystery. And the Bible speaking of judgment. The Bible says the judgments of the earth it will happen through fire. Come on, that was fire. Fire reduces everything to its unity. That's the only thing that reduces everything to its unity. We were told in mathematics that when you do your quadratic equations, 
We are reducing numbers to their unity, but fire can do that in seconds. That's why if you take your car that you bought today, that is very strong, and you put it in a furnace, after two hours you come back, what you see are ashes. It reduces everything to its unity. In your house, you've got good property, expensive property. The moment you set fire on that property, it will reduce everything to its unity. There will be no trust that you had a good bed, you had good sofas, you had a good table. That's the power of fire. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says after the sound was heard in the book of Exodus, the next thing that was seen was fire, which means sound it came, then fire preceded sound. So when God comes in a right through sound, when I say God moves in my life, they sound. When God receives the sound, he comes through fire. The Bible says that when Elijah went to God, he was separated by the wind, and then a chariot and was of fire, they took Elijah. I don't know if I'm talking somewhere in this place. The Bible says there was a condition between the princes and the prophets of Baal and the men of God, the prophet of God, Elisha. The Bible says he said unto the kings and the princes and the prophets of Baal, the God that answers by fire is the God that must be worshipped. The Bible says he said unto the princes and prophets of Baal, put your fire there, put your books there, don't say anything, fire must come naturally. The Bible says that the priests of Baal, they went around the altar, singing unto Baal and Asherah, fire did not come. From the morning, fire did not come. Am I talking about this place? In the afternoon, fire did not come. The Bible said they started to cut their bodies because it was one of their practices. Whenever they worship their gods, their identity gods, they used to cut themselves and the blood would spew. They did everything they could. There was nothing. Until Elisha said, enough is enough. We need now a God who answers by fire. The Bible says, he said, I want you to put water in all the churches. I'm going to put my sacrifice and I want you to put water on the firewood. Put as many water as you can. And the God who is going to consume this thing and to this unit is the God that must be worshipped. The Bible says they did what the men of God asked them to do. They put a lot of water. You know that fire and water they don't miss. Where there is water, fire cannot survive. The Bible says the moment they finished it, the men of God called unto God and said, If I'm your servant, show yourself today. Why all these people are moving with the two opinions? They are saying Asherah and Baal is God. And they are saying the God of Israel is not a God. Which made the Israelites to move with the two opinions. They didn't have a narrative that they could own. But the narrative that they were supposed to own was God was God. But they couldn't tell that God is God because Baal was doing miracles. The Bible says fire came from heaven. It consumed everything to the extent that nothing was left. I don't know. If I'm talking to somebody in this place, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went against the altar of the king, 
The Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar said, I want you to set the fire. And after setting fire, I want you to make it seven times water than before. So it was a place where Nebuchadnezzar used to put people and those that were antagonistic to his government. And they could be burned to ashes. But he said for these three boys, I want you to make this fire that used to burn people to ashes seven times more. And the Bible says when these three boys were put in fire, the expectation was they were supposed to be broken down into a smaller unity. The Bible says that when they were walking in the fire, they were not disputed, they were not discouraged in the fire. They know that their God is greater than any other God. The Bible says they started to go around the fire, worshiping and praising the Lord, thanking God for a deliverance, thanking God for a way out. They saw a way out before a way out was provided. They saw a deliverance before a deliverance was provided. The Bible says while they were walking in the fire, a fourth man was seen in the fire. Why? Because God could always express his power through fire. So when Nebuchadnezzar made fire, he didn't know that he was making a spiritual ecosystem that was so conducive for the Holy Spirit and the Son of Man to come and associate, commune, and communicate with his own. The Bible said the heavens were touched because of that fire. The heavens were, were, were moved because of that fire. And the Bible says in the morning, the king came to the fire, looked down into the fire, he saw four men. He called his presidium and said, didn't we put three men in the fire? They compared and they said there were three men. And he said, but I see the fourth man, and that fourth man looks like the son of man. How did he know that it was the son of man? So which means Nebuchadnezzar was just ignorant. He knew that there is a God in heaven and there is a son of man. Why? Because of fire. He had prophesied like a fidelity. I know that there are demons that were assigned against your life, assigned against your marriage, assigned against your destiny. You don't know how you are going to come out. But he said, if they put you through fire, I'm going to be with you through that fire. So there is a promise. There is a confirmation that if I pass through fire, the fire is not going to bring me. Yet Christ is going to come in that environment. So in that environment that you are in, Christ is with you. If God is for you, who can be against you? Can I prophesy like a faith? So Jesus Christ said, these two kinds of baptism, he said there shall be a baptism of Holy Spirit, then a baptism of fire. So when the baptism of fire is coming, it's an atmosphere that's conducive for God to express his power. So when we are speaking of the baptism of fire, we are not only speaking of the immersion in fire, we are speaking of the expression of God's power. We are speaking of the impartation of God's efficiency and mighty. We are speaking of, of God's involvement uh, of power to your life and to our life. So in our cosmos, what we need is the fire of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the disciples, they went out to Kingdom, and the people of Kingdom, they refused Christ. And they were so great because they refused the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were so adamant, belligerent, recalcitrant, 
to the extent that they say it unto Christ. Can we call fire that it may bear the whole community? And Christ said, No, not today. Can I prophesy that Spirit? That's why you find out that among Jesus Christ's disciples, they were those that were called in the sons of thunder. They were known for fire. So when fire is coming into life, yeah, I know that you are being bent. You are saying, man of God, I feel like there's fire around me. But the good part of fire is that to purify your life. When there's fire in your business, that fire is there to purify your business. Fire is not only there for destruction, but it's for purity, it's for righteousness. Fire is not only there to bring impunity in your life, but it's there to bring down all the impurities, the, 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 the impurities all the dirty that the devil is blessed and blacked over your life. If there is any generational dirty over your life, fire is there so that it may kill you. Can I prophesy like affinity? So if God wants to express himself in our community as a judge, on earth, he expressed himself through the conduit of fire. That's why the Bible says that on the day of judgment, after the judgment, what's going to proceed after judgment is fire. So if God wants to come to Pretoria as a judge or in a family, he uses a conduit of fire. Number four, earth. Come on, someone shout earth. Earth is a mysterious element. Number one, earth is the universal point of conduct. That means everybody on earth is standing on earth. Everybody from Cape to Cairo, Asia, South North America, Caribbean, from United Kingdom, they can vouch and say that we are on the other side and things are going well for us. If you've got a cousin, a brother, an auntie, an uncle, who is in Canada, who is in America, who is boasting and vaunting, and saying, I'm better off than you, tell them that we are standing on the same polar, because earth is a point of conduct. We are all on earth, without talking of the climates, without talking of the conditions, we are all on earth. Everything is this place. A prophet, a bishop, a president, we are all on earth. That becomes mysterious. So it's the point of conduct. Whoever is in a place where you are wishing, I know that we are prophetic to be somewhere, to be in different positions. There are those that are in Cape Town, there are those that are in Brazil, there are those that are in Netherlands, there are those that I know in Scotland was that when you talk to them, it seems like in a communication, they are boasting a little bit. I was talking to one friend of mine who was getting 5,000 runs when he was in Cape Town, and said, Prophet, my life has changed. I'm being given 2,500 pounds, which is more than, way more than what I was getting. I'm getting something like 40,000 runs. I was working as a general worker. My life has changed, so financially, it seems like it's boasting. But one thing that we must know is a point of conduct. We are all standing on the same latitude. I told us in this place. We may differ in terms of gradient. We may differ in terms of altitude or latitude. But it's all the end. Come on, start a short end. I don't hear you. So everyone is standing on a piece of earth. Number two, number two, all the food that men eat comes from the earth. When men die, we bury them on the earth. And after many years, 
If you go back to the grave, what you can only find are bones. Whatever is not bones becomes dust. So we came from dust. So we have to feed from dust. So whatever you feed on is dusty. The difference is you don't feed dusty directly, but it's processed dust. When you are drinking milk, you are feeding on dusty. The cow, it grasses the grass. The grass is coming from the ground. So which means the ground produces the grass. Then the cow eats the grass. Then it makes the milk. Then I drink the milk. We are eating dust. And what comes up in this place? That's why the Bible says from earth you can and you are going to go back. When you are eating meat, pork, any type of meat, it's coming from the dust. When you are eating pizza, it's dusty. Why? Because wheat is grown from the dusty. Then process you become wheat. Then they make pizza, we are eating dusty. Whatever we drink is coming from the dusty. When you eat your ribs from space, we are eating dusty. Am I talking about this place? That becomes so mysterious. That your earth is so mysterious. Where you are taken from is where you are going to get your food. Where you are going to get your nourishment. That's why when someone came, he said from the dusty, I came. And from the dust, I'm going to go back. So we are coming from the dust, eating the dust, going back to the dusty. The difference is what we eat is so processing. When I'm eating an apple, it seems like I'm eating something that is mysterious, that I just saw on our ecosystem. But the apple tree is growing from the dust, feeding from the dust, and it processes and produces apples. When I eat apples, I'm just eating dust. Anyone want to know about this place? No matter how you can figure it and see it, you are eating dust. So when you die today, we are going to put you back to the dust. So when we go back to that grave after two years, we are not going to find your liver, we are not going to find your heart, we are not going to find your kidneys, we are not going to find your beautiful nails, we are not going to find your beautiful nose. Why? Because all these things are going to be broken into dust. Why? Because we came from there. That becomes mysterious. So we were taken from the dust and on our going will be planted big. So when you are stepping every day, you are stepping someone's body. I don't know if I'm going somebody in this place. If, if whenever you are holding the soul, it's someone's body, it's someone's liver, it's someone's heart. That becomes so mysterious. If you are holding or carrying it's blood water they are planting in a few days. It's someone's nose, it's someone's hand. Only the bones are the ones that will take time not to perish. And I told somebody this place. So when they're dealing with it, the Bible says, because the earth fails, money could not buy. We said the man is that if the earth cannot produce, your mind will not empower and value. Come on, somebody shut money. So by the time there was famine, and the egg was not producing, which means their money had no value. And they had to sell themselves to Egypt. The Bible says they went unto Egypt and they sold themselves unto Egypt and they said, Buy us. Why? Because we cannot even have anything. Do you know the egg can breathe, the egg can hear. The Bible says that a pregnant woman, the creature of the egg is waiting with earnestness for the true manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. So if we can speak negatively, a negative is only the earth cannot produce. When God cursed you, he did not curse man, he cursed the earth. And he said, cursed 
are in the earth and man is going to sweat for him to eat. So if someone can kiss you in your field, in your village, even if you are a farmer, don't take that for granted. If the person says, I'm kissing your ground, you that ground is kept because it responds to words. If someone hates you and you are walking, and that person takes your footprint and speaks to that footprint and says, I kiss you, I'm causing your legs to be painful and I'm gonna connect. They can use the ground to connect you. That's what witches do. That's what voodoo worshippers do. They just wait for you. That's why whenever you go to villages and you happen to, to, to walk around your yard, you should find out that before they sleep, they sweep the yard. And when you see them doing that, you think that they are a people of myth. No, it's not myth. These things, they happen because we are connected to our earth. Whenever you are walking around, there is a connection between you and your earth. And we know that the earth in time, it depends. It depends on God's power for it to produce. Without God's power, you don't produce. The Bible speaks of Isaac. That Isaac resulted of going to Egypt. And it was their custom that whenever they first did it all tea, the first thing they ran away. I prophesy that you are not going to run away from problems. The Bible says unto Isaac, your fathers, they ran away. Abraham ran away to Egypt because the land could not produce. And that it brought a lot of problems. Because when Joseph went to Egypt, then the other seven came looking for food in Egypt. They became the slaves. So slavery came through the famine, and the famine was on the land. The land could not produce, it was failing, so their land was failing. So God said, and Isaac, I don't want your generation to go in slavery. I want you to put down a seed in that ground, and I'm going to cause my power to speak to the land. How did he manage to plant on a dry and arid season and manage to produce? I don't know if I'm talking somewhere in this place. What God is a voice of God that was spoken on the land. God said to the land, produce on behalf of Isaac. The Bible says, Isaac became so great until he was so great to the extent that the Philistines around him decided to have jealousy over Isaac. I prophesy that in this time of incredible recession, economic recession, political recession, you are going to rise up. That devil is not going to stop God from doing what he wants to do with your life. So when you move to America, you are just moving from one piece of land to another piece of land. There are a lot of divine possibilities that are locked in earth. The Bible even calls us even vessels. The Bible says that we are even vessels. There are divine possibilities that are locked in our earth. So if we are even vessels, the power and the glory of God is locked in us. If you want the earth, the power of God can be seen. When God wants to show his justice system, he shows it by coming through the land. He said unto the Israelites, as you are going to go to Canaan, the first thing that I'm going to give you, the contract that you are going to sign, I'm going to give you land. That's a justice system. He said, whoever is going to deny you access, I'm going to give you that land. I'm reminded of Caleb. He went unto Joshua, 
And he said unto Joshua, the man of God, Moses, promise me this mountain of Ephraim, give me this land and this mountain. I was 40 years old when the man of God prophesied in my life. Now I'm 85 years old. I still have got the ability, the power, the mightiness, and the efficiency that I had when the man of God prophesied in my life. Give me and I'm going to conquer this mountain. Can I prophesy like a field? There are divine possibilities for you and your family that are locked in on earth. You got to take your portion. That's why you find out that a small portion like this room of the earth is very expensive. Why? Because there is a mystery when it comes to land. Even if you're a citizen of this country, you are not just going to say this mind. Even if you need a smoke and this stupidity, they will charge you. It's gonna cost you. I don't know if I'm doing something in this place. What is in this end that makes people to laugh? This end. When we are talking of one of the most prestigious industry, which is the real estate, we are still of land. Land is very, very prestigious. And it's, 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 it's a worthy commodity because land speaks of where you are standing and everything down there. And you see people fighting in Syria, people fighting in Russia, people fighting in Turkey, people fighting in Nigeria, always fighting. They are fighting because of land. Why? Because there's oil on the ground. There, is, there are diamonds on the ground. There is gold on the ground. So people are fighting. People are waging wars. Why? Because of the land. So when we are speaking of the land, we are speaking of the possibilities of God. So when God wants to show his power, he then allows you to experience diamonds coming from the earth. You wonder, how did diamonds come to be? If you want to show you that Africa, I love you. You start to hear that in Pumananga, there is oil. In Houghton, there's all. Eastern Cape, there's all. Northern West, he is now showing his power. And countries that have got too much oil and gold, they are powerful. But their power is predicated on what gold is deposited on their land. I prophesy this afternoon. Let God give you the power to own your portion. Let God, when you own something as a witness, you are witnessing the power of God. The Bible says when power comes to you, you shall be my witness. So when you own land, when you start to take over funds, then you are witnessing God's power. There is why there is morality, toxicity, intolerance. There is binary among our brothers and sisters as a nation in terms of tribes, in terms of politics, it's because of land. Nothing else. I don't know if I'm going to say this place. When the white people came, the first common man came to Africa, he didn't come to Africa for anything other than land. They wanted the land. So they could not share the land with them in their place going back to their countries. And they said, we are going to stay. And we are going to put our stations in Africa. If you, they could have carried this land, today Africa would not be having any land. Why? Because there are divine possibilities on the land. In this time of economic recession, two businesses that are going to get you money which are thinking too deep and say, what should I do? Go farming, go mining. You are not going to go wrong. Why? Because this is the time when people must experience and capture the divine possibilities of God. The last one is water. Come on, come on, shout the water. So I'm not teaching you this element so that you may worship them, venerate them, and educating your mind to understand the supernatural happens when God wants to move in life. 
you move through different things. Genesis 1, 20 to 22. Water is associated with abundance. Come on, somebody shout abundance. When the Bible says, God said, let the water bring forth abundance. So water is like a woman who is able to become pregnant. The Bible says that when a woman is pregnant, at a particular time, she is fed. So the Bible says, then the waters gave birth to abundance, which means within waters, there were a lot of abundances that were carried within the waters. And the Bible says, in Genesis 1, uh, verse 20 to 22, let me just give you the context of what we are talking about. And the Bible says, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the swamp with living creatures and let the birds fly over the earth and the expert of the heavens from the waters and God created the great monsters and every living creature that moves which the waters brought forth so you find out that now Moses has a theology that out of the waters that's when where the abundance were made out of you find out that out of the waters, that's where you experience the earth. The Bible says there was water in the spirit of the Lord was hovering upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be land, and water gave birth to the land. And God said, let them be true and plants from the land, and they were plants on the land. So you find out that the composition of the whole earth is Seventy percent, if it's not seventy-two percent, it's water. Only eighty percent is the ground, is the land mass, which shows you that water is so mysterious. Why would God allow the water to take seventy percent? Yet He has got His living creatures. But we know that if there's water here, we can't survive. And God loves us, but He's giving us a small portion. You're going to see that water is. Is so much associated with abundance. And the Bible says, and God said, let the waters bring forth living creatures that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly. The, the water gave forth abundantly according to their kinds, and every winged bird. On Wednesday, we were talking about it and said, where did the birds come from? And some of the students of the spirit, they looked at me funny and they said, ah, it came, they came from the expense and they came from the firmament. Why? Because they fly there. But we were so surprised by this revelation that the birds that you see flying every day, they came from the waters. We thought that it's only fish that came from the waters. We thought that it's only worlds. But the Bible said that the birds, the fowls that you see, they came from the waters. Your chickens came from the waters. Your pigeons, they came from the waters. Your doves, they came from the waters. So my question is, if they can breathe and swim the way they swim, how will they survive when they were in the waters? God, there's a mystery when it comes to water. There's life in the waters. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. And the Bible says, and God saw it, that it was good, and declared that it was good. So when the waters brought forth these creatures, these creatures they populated the creation of God. Now the thing about water is that it's so mysterious. 
to the extent that we found it here. Before we were created by God, before we were brought, water was already here. Come on, somebody shout water. water. And another mystery that I want to just propose to you is the water that you drink in the morning and the water that you drank last week or that you are drinking now, you were not the first one to drink it. It passed through the system of somebody who is no longer here. According to biology and according to science, which helps us now to interpret the mind of God, water goes back through the process of condensation. When the power of light comes upon the earth, which is another platform of God's power, water is taken through the process of what? Evaporation, and it goes to the heavens. Then a deluge of water comes back after a certain season. The water that was drank, well, that were, were, were drank by the people that were before you is the same water that went and was processed and came back. So the water that you drank yesterday is older than you. Get to somebody this place. You are drinking the water that passed through someone's body. Ah, uh, don't in this place. I'm, I'm saying the, you know, the, the new thing that you are using is the water. But the water is very old. Older than you, you know, you know. All the old people that lived before you. Even the water is old. Even the water is old, processing. I, I don't know if I'm in this place. I know that we say our ancestors, your ancestors drank the water that you're drinking today. Someone who died with HIV drank the water that you're drinking today. Someone who died with COVID-19 drank the water that you're drinking today. You know that when you drink water today, after that, you go to ease yourself. That's why in every house, there must be that big room. That big room is so that the water that you're going to live there is not going to disappear. It will go, then evaporates, comes back, and I drink it. You drink my water. I drink your water. I don't know if I'm telling somebody this place. That's how mysterious water is. It's older than you. Why? I'm going to show you why water now was placed on another platform by God. So, Apostle John now says, there are three witnesses in heaven, and he said there is the Spirit, the Word, and the Father. These agree in heavenly. And when he came to the end, he said there are three witnesses, the Spirit, the Water, and the Light, which means the Water that is in your body, it carries information about you. The water that I drank this morning, it was not only in my system, it carries information about me. Your blood carries information about you. The water, it carries information about the whole spirit. So when they are going to sit together, they are witnessing your life. Whatever you are doing, if you think that you are going only to be abdicated by the blood, and you are going to say, but my daddy is the one who started it, that's why I could not know you better, there's water. That's going to stand as a witness. So there's a lot of information, and it's a witness in your body. Come on, somebody shout water. water. So no matter how dirty water is, it cannot be contaminated by the dirt that is in it. You can be contaminated, but nothing can make the water dirty. No matter how many germs you can put in water, germs cannot affect the waters. Why? When the power of light comes on the water, the water evaporates and leaves the gems on the ground. It evaporates and leaves the jet on the ground. That's how mysterious it is. 
If you know how to disappear, when you want to disappear, uh, I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. Amen. I want to prophesy in your life that there's power in your body. There is power, and the power of God is coming upon you. And the power of God is coming upon your family. Your business is going to experience all this power. Whenever you wake up, you see light. I don't want you to confess light, confess power. It's for you to make it life. Because of light, God wants to give you a distance where you make it. The Bible says, crime may come in the night time, but joy comes in the morning. Tell the devil that I may be experiencing my mind, but when light comes, I'm going to see my battle. The Bible says, the battle of a righteous man are guided by God. So when light is there, you can see where you are going. When light is there, when you are driving, you see where you are going. And when you want to study, you know how to study. So tell the devil that whisper to me that I'm going to die as a person with metric only, but light is coming my life. There's more of light I can see, I can study, and I'm going to make it in my life. You have put darkness in my relationship and in my marriage. And you thought that I'm just go, I was just going to vanish and die like that. But there's light coming to me. And I want you to speak light. You are not going to create light. In every darkness, there is light. That's why God said, light come out from darkness. I come to prophesy into life. From light, I want you to speak in sound. Whenever you come into the house of God, don't keep quiet. Don't allow situations to make you to keep quiet. As Apostle Paul said, that what can separate us from the love of God. Don't allow what you are passing through to make you to keep quiet. I know that situations can make you to keep quiet. How difficult it is in life. Difficulties of life can make you to keep quiet. Lack of finances can make you to keep quiet. But tell the devil that you're in Asia. I'm going to shout. Before the devil says keep quiet, you know that that's where your battle is. When you shout and the devil does not tell you to keep quiet, it means the battle is not there. But the moment you try to sing, but the devil fights you in that area, know that's where your battle is. When you try to fasting, when you try to shout in prayer, and you can't pray, know that that's where your battle is. Amen. I want you to make a visible study of yourself. The areas that you are struggling as a child of God, that's where your battle is. Amen. If you are struggling to come on Monday to pray, I want to prophesy in your life, free prophecy, that's where your breakthrough is. Okay. If you are struggling sometimes to pray in the middle of the night, can I prophesy for free, that's where your breakthrough is. Okay. If you are struggling to read the word of God, that's where your breakthrough is, so shout the more. Okay. When you are shouting the more, sometimes shout with your attitude, shout with your action, sometimes you are struggling to come to church in time, that's where your because there's an angel that always comes and waits for you. You got to shout the more and tell devil that when you're speaking to my body that you are weak. When you're saying to my body that you are tired, you devil, you're a liar. I shout the more. Can I prophesy like a filter? When you feel like you're passing through fire, tell the devil that this fire is not going to destroy me. This fire did not destroy the men of God, the Meshach, and Abednego. And it's not going to destroy me. Why? Because I carry the 
the same Lakers when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego passed through the fire, it was a Lakers that they lived for us. So take the table that I put, brothers, that passed through the fire, and fire is not going to bend me. Can I prophesy like a church? When demonic fires come to you, call for the fire of God. Whatever satanic makes the fire against your life, it will not stand against the fire of God. There is fire that comes from God. That's why the man of God says that the God that answers by fire is the God that must be worshipped. So God is about to answer you with fire. And the fire that is coming is not there to burn you, but it's coming as a witness to your enemies, to your antagonists, that I am your God. And I prophesy like a strategy. Yes, when you are crying so much and are saying, God, what is going to come of me? God is going to tell you that as long as I've created the earth, the Bible says, as long the earth remains, seeking time shall come and harvest time shall come. So as long we are still on the earth, you are going to harvest me. As long you are on the earth, the Bible says, cold and summer time shall come. Only cold time is a time where you, you have put yourself on a corner. You can't do anything. You can't act. You can't actualize your potential. That's why Christ said that train that when I come, it may not be in winter. But this is the, the, the time of sleeping and slumber. A time where spiritually, physically, you are sleeping, you are slumbering. You are wrapping yourself around black and white because you are feeling cold. As long the earth remains, you are going to experience your summer. Summer time is coming in your life. Summer time is the time when you go for a holiday. That summer time is your time of resting. That's why in this world, in our particular time, when people are speaking of summer, is that time when they fly to Dubai? Is that time when they fly to Honolulu? Is that time when they fly to Zanzibar? And they start to sip some juices on a big sand. I have to prophesy into life that your summer time is coming. Yes, you have been watching people flying emergency, but you are about to fly your emergency, going to Dubai to buy your wardrobe. Come back again and witness the power of God. Can you stand your feet right now? Can I prophesy in the Bible says as long the earth remains empty? Everything you are going to put down your seed and you are going to harvest it. So as long the earth is still there, your seed is going to germinate. Can I prophesy like a village? I know that people they always associate water with demonic activities and satanic waters and satanic activities. The Bible says when they were going to the other side, the devil came in a form of storm and the boat was wrecked. And the Bible says, Christ said, Shalom, be still, but the water that is coming into life is not the one that is going to break your body, it's the water that is going to bring abundance in life. We spoke about the Jew of God, we spoke about the mystery. There is abundance that is coming upon life. Your God is able to do abundantly, exceedingly above what you think or ask for, according to his mighty power that worketh in life. Can I prophesy abundance in life? Receive God's abundance that comes through the fire of God. Receive God's increase that comes through God's power. That's why he said unto disciples that you got to tarry in Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? In the body of Christ, in the church. You got to tarry.
in church. I took power comes upon life. When power comes upon life, you shall be God's witness. Can I prophesy like a village? There are sounds that God is bringing here. There is a prophetic sound. There is a prophetic trumpet in your life. It is a carry of God to the child of God. That don't remain quiet like Bartimaeus. You got to shout unto God and say, God of Nazareth, the son of David, let mercy on my life. I know that the generational and demonic projections and demons speaking against your life. You got to shout unto God and say, There's a mess in my life. Can I prophesy like a future? You got to shout and say, God, remember my life, remember my family. I know that they're trying to do applications to go to different countries to start different projects. But it seems like things are not happening in your life. All those are closed, but I'm here to tell you that it's not the time for you to walk with your shoulders down, with your head down, lift up your shoulder, lift up your head, and shout unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Then you say that our Lord Jesus Christ is a strong tower. The righteous, they run after you and they got seventeen. Can I prophesy like a soldier? You got to shout and you need a breakthrough, let out to shout. If you need a promotion, you got to shout unto God. That's why he said unto Israel, at the point of shouting, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna rescue you. He said unto Moses, I have seen. So after seeing, he said, I heard. They are crying, they are shouting in their voice. Are you crying, child of God? Are you shouting? I know that people they always tell you that it's inhuman. It's not our society, culture, and tradition to shout and to cry. But I'm here to tell you that whenever you need a day, you got to shout unto God. The Bible says that Rebecca, she was here shouting and crying. Shout to God and say, I need an answer. There are nations fighting in my womb. Can I prophesy like a virgin? The Bible says a voice was heard in Ramah, and Rachel was crying for a shout and saying, Oh God, I cannot be consoled because I need a breakthrough. I need a gift. I need a promotion. I need an elevation. So she refused to be converted. Ah, do I have righteous in this place? That I say, man of God, people have been telling me that you, are, you cannot say these things because culturally it's not acceptable. But I'm here to tell you that it's a time to shout. If you need a financial breakthrough, you got to shout. If you need healing, you got to shout. If you need promotion, you got to shout. I want you to lift up your voice and start to shout out to God whatever you want to see, whatever you want to experience. The things that you're expecting God for, the things that I believe in God for, I want you to lift up your voice right now. It's start to shout. The Bible in the book of Isaiah 40 says, Do not comfort me. Why? Because what I am passing through is me that understands the effects. Can I prophesy like a double seven? I told you. Lift up your voice and shout at your voice. At God. Your miracle, your blessing, your breakthrough is so debated. Make a sound resolution in the mountain of Jesus Christ. That's why they say that make a joyful sound, make a joyful noise unto God.
voice says, comfort, comfort my people, says your Lord. Speak that to the heart of Jerusalem and cry to you that your time of service and your warfare are ended, that your punishment is accepted and your iniquity is pardoned, that she has received punishment from the Lord's hand, double for all your sins. Come on, somebody, lift up your voice and shout out to God. What is it that expecting God to do in life? As we get into the new season in the month of August, what are you believing God for? The Bible says the voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness, the way of the Lord, clear away the obstacles. I prophesize if there is any satanic and demonic obstacles standing in the way, let it be cleared right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled and filled up, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. Can I prophesize And the crude and uneven shall be make strength and level and the rough places a plain and the glory of God and his majors and splendor of the Lord shall be renewed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord is shouting and spoken it a voice says crying prophesy and I said what shall I cry and prophesy about the voice uttered and proclaim all flesh is a frail expression and all that makes it attractive glory and countless, however, it transitory like the flower of the future. Can I promise you, come on, somebody, shout out to God right now. I give you this opportunity. You got to shout that devil is a lion. Shout out to God. Let the power of be experienced in life. Right now, I prophesy the power of God in every area of your life. I prophesy power from the northwest, south, and east. Let the power of God be experienced in your life. Let procession cobra at in your business. I prophesy power at the workplace. I prophesy power in your family. I prophesy power. La compra social cobra in your ministry. I prophesy power in your calling. I prophesy power in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The devil is a liar. Power, 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 power. 